Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. To have a successful career, now more than ever, individuals have to One, become better informed about their employers and prospective employers' industries. Two, become tactfully aggressive and persistent with their job searches. Three, be nimble and flexible about pursuing other employment options, such as relocating to another state or country, and consider creating additional revenue streams by following their passions or interests. Simply put, you may need to step outside your comfort zone to achieve the employment success you want. Dorley Bourguignon, a native of Haiti and a naturalized citizen of the United States, is a graduate of the University of Delaware, where he majored in engineering. Immediately after graduation, Dorley spent a year working for a manufacturing and dairy processing company in Lima, Peru. Dorley is also an avid soccer player. For the record, I'm not Beverly to Dorley. I'm Godmother. Welcome, Dorley. How are you today? Hi, Godmother. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to spend so my listeners can have the benefit of your journey. Let's start with question one. Now, you came to the United States from Haiti and you lived with relatives while attending high school. Now, you're an only child. Was that transition difficult for you? Yeah. So I came here, you know, a little bit after the earthquake in Haiti. And I think you hit it right on the head. I'm an only child growing up. And my environment was always mom, dad, and myself. Leaving them behind and moving with my aunt and uncle was extremely difficult. It was a new setting for me, new country, obviously new language. The language wasn't new necessarily, but it's not the main language spoken in that country. But my aunt and uncle were absolutely incredible people and they made me feel right at home from the start. So they made a transition a little bit smoother. Well, what were some of the challenges you experienced? Assuming that you experienced challenges, did you? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges was learning in a different language. I've spoken English since I can remember, probably around three or four, watching Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. But there's a very sharp difference between speaking conversationally and retaining information in a different language. So for me, going to school and actually doing math, science, writing essays in English, those became very difficult when I started high school here. 
So I think those are probably my probably my biggest challenges going through high school. Well, how did you overcome them? I think a lot of practice. I had the benefit that my family spoke English at home as well. What happens is a lot of uh, my compatriots, Haitians move here, but they move into a household that speaks predominantly Creole or French. So they go to school and then come back home and speak those languages. But here, because my family spoke English at home, it really forced me to think in English, to act in English, to retain information in English. So that certainly helped me. And having a ton of friends too, that we would always talk in, in, in English nonstop on the soccer field. So that certainly helped me. Wow. So you're in high school in Delaware, right? Correct. How did you decide which college to go to? Oh, that's a great question. So when I was in Delaware, I was essentially looking for you know the best possible engineering schools, but I also wanted to see where I could play soccer. You know, I'm a big avid soccer player and I definitely wanted to pursue that going into college. And believe it or not, I hadn't even considered the University of Delaware at that point. University of Delaware was sort of, you know, you're applying to your in-state school because all your classmates are doing the same. And for lack of better terms, it was always, you know, my backup option. So the exact moment I knew I wanted to attend there is when I got invited to a soccer camp at the university the summer before my senior year. It was a recruitment camp. So I went there, stayed on campus for three or four days. I toured the school for the first time and I absolutely fell in love. My other options were still great. I still went and visited a bunch of schools I got accepted in scholarships to uh, for academics, but none of them really spoke to me like the University of Delaware did. So it was fantastic. I ended up going there. So you made the right choice. Absolutely. I have no regrets. So how did you decide to become an engineer? Was that always what you wanted to become or did that come after you started college? To be quite honest, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I was always into law. That was probably my main path. But as I grew a little older, my strengths were always in math and sciences. So about to leave high school, I I wanted to major in something that utilizes those strengths and apply them somewhere. I didn't know what type of engineering I wanted to do. I started out applying to colleges as environmental. Then early in my freshman year, I switched to electrical, finding what I truly love a couple semesters later in mechanical. So it was essentially you know, playing off my strength in math or science and finding what I love to do. So it was a journey, a trial and error, I guess. Trial and error, absolutely. Three trials and error at that. Well, you know, the third one was a charm. That's true. Very true. You landed where you wanted to land. No regrets. And you know, that's important. I think it's important not to have regrets, but I think it's also important to try things so that you know. Absolutely. What's out there. It's trial and error. It's not regrettable that you don't do certain things, but you want to have the experience. At least you know firsthand rather than from someone else. You know, it's your own learning process. It's trial and error. You've gone down the path. You know that's not the path for you. And you make the decision about what you want, what's good for you. You know that's not what you want to do. There's something else out there. You try that. That may be where you strike pay dirt. Absolutely. It took you three chances and now you're a mechanical engineer? I am. I am. Yep. I am a mechanical engineer. And I think you made a great point hearing it from other people. The reason why I chose those is because I heard from environmental engineer and electrical engineer about their career paths. And those sounded amazing to me. But when I started taking courses and diving in a little deeper, I really did not feel it would match what I wanted to do and, and my personality. So I think you, you hit it right on the nail. 
So you graduate from the University of Delaware. You make another transition. You opt to step outside your comfort zone and go to a foreign country. Now, do you speak Spanish? I do. I do speak Spanish. Well, that's good. (laughs) What made you go to Peru? So when I found out about the opportunity for Peru, I truly believe it was a no-brainer. It might sound a little, you know, foreign to kids that grew up here in the United States, but a lot of people tend to forget I moved from a foreign country to a foreign country already, right? So another move was it, it was uncharted territory. So that opportunity, you know, it was pretty perfect in the sense that I could go and master one of the most important languages in the world while working in my field for the fourth biggest company in the whole country. I think the combination of those three, I didn't think I needed any more reason. And I pursued that experience and what I've learned there, I don't think it could be ever matched both in you know personally or professionally. And I think it was well worth it. You gave a lot of thought to these decisions. Absolutely. Did you talk over the possibilities with anyone else? I did. I did. I spoke to pretty much my entire circle. You know, I got a lot of mixed feelings, mixed reviews about my decision and they were completely valid. But I think overall, the experience really helped me grow up to become, you know, who I am today. And I can look back and say that I learned a ton from it. That's great. So now you return to the United States. You went to work for a corporation. What was that like? Yes. So when I returned, I worked for a pretty large healthcare device manufacturing company. The experience was absolutely great. I had never had any working experience in the U.S. before that. I met some extremely smart people and learned a wide array of different skill that I didn't even know I needed to learn. So thankful I did. The company was extremely big. A lot of exposure to a lot of different plants around the world, Germany, Italy, some plants in China, a lot of big contract manufacturers as well. So again, that was another great experience. My team there was super supportive and they made sure I had everything I needed and I provided value anywhere I could. So very great experience with them as well. Those friends I made at that company are always going to be part of my circle. Wow. So now you went from Peru to a corporation and now you're working for a startup? Yes, I am. How did you make that transition? How did that That transition was very interesting. So at that point, I might almost hitting the two-year mark with my corporation, I figured that in my three and a half, four-year career, I had never worked for, you know, any medium to small size company. So I thought, you know, working for a big company is super helpful in the exposure, but at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, red tape and a lot of slow-moving processes that you don't really get to be involved in because the team is so big and the company is so large. So I I wanted to pivot and, you know, be a little bit more involved in the nitty gritty and every side of a business. So I started looking for startup opportunities. I found this opportunity with a startup in New York City. And in my opinion, it just takes everything you're going to learn and speeds it up by three, four times easily. My first couple of weeks there, I've learned probably half a year worth in a big corporation. This is not a knock on big corporations by any means. It's just the nature of the speed of a startup. Obviously, it comes with risk as well. You know, startups don't necessarily have the guarantees that big corporations do, but I think it's well worth it. Let me just interrupt you for a minute. There are no guarantees in employment now, not in the big corporations, not in the startup, not anywhere. That is true. With mergers and acquisitions, businesses going out of business because of any number of things unexpectedly that 
transpire. You can be working today. And I had, in fact, I had a friend who went to work one day. The business had gone out of business. Wow. The doors were locked. So keep in mind, there is no job security. None. My goodness. Even if you own your own business, you know, a hurricane can come through and and wipe you out. So if you keep in mind that there is no job security, you can make decisions with a different mindset. Take nothing for granted. There are no jobs that are secure. That's a great point. Remember that. Absolutely will. But I, I just had to jump in. Please, I hope you didn't lose your train of thought. No, no, absolutely. No, that was absolutely a great point. There is no job security. and But that's insane. No notice. That's crazy. Yeah, so essentially, I knew going into it what I was getting into. I think I was reading online. I'm a little bit of a paranoid person, so I go online, I do some research, and there was an insane percentage of startups that, that actually do make it, right? And it wasn't the low, you know, single-digit percentage, and that, you know, freaked me out a little bit, but at the end, I think it was well worth it. Well, as long as you're satisfied with what you're doing, and it sounds that you are. Now, tell me, do you have a career plan or a career development strategy? So I think, in my perspective, I want to be able to understand every facet of a business, right? I want to be able to know the core that makes the whole business work, essentially from the finances to the sales, to the operations, to the supply, to the engineering side. I want to be able to, to have all that knowledge, even if it's from a little bit afar, but understand the whole process. So when I was at my previous big corporation, I was more into the supply and new product side. I'm still in the new product side in my current company, but I do I do see more into other departments. So I think for my career uh, development plan, I want to make sure that I put myself in a position where I get the whole wide array of what makes a company work. So um, my next position might be something that relates to more in, in the financial side where I can bring value just to be able to learn uh, and get all those skills. You know, that's a good idea. Another a strategic move would be to make friends in every department. Absolutely. Information is power. If you stay within your own sphere of influence, you won't have a true sense of how the company works and what's going on in the innards of the company. Also, don't just make friends with the people that are at your level and higher up. Those people in the maintenance department, in the food service area, the admins, those are the people that make the company run, really. The senior people are the think people. The other people are the do people. They keep the engine running. They know where everything is. They know who is who and what is what. And making friends in every department will serve you well long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll for sure do that. Now, you've talked about business and learning every facet of the business. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I think I'm, I'm going to want to be doing my own thing, right? Developing my own ideas that in turn turn into my own business. And which is why I'm trying to make sure that I understand every facet of all the businesses that I'm currently involved in. So me and one of my best friends from college are always bouncing ideas off one another to see what we can kickstart. So we're hoping one of these ideas pan out and get us started. 
in the meantime, I want to continue bringing value to, you know, wherever I can and companies. But I think in five years, I'll be, you know, on my own, hopefully with a great partner, coworker, and we'll, we'll be kicking our business off. Well, Dorley, you've had an interesting employment journey. What advice would you give young people just graduating from college? Advice I would give is don't stay in your comfort zone. I know that sounds a little bit generic, but venturing out different aspects of things that you might not know you're into or you might not know you might be interested in is very important. I remember when I started my big corporation in the U.S., our senior director was actually leaving the company and was going to another company. And we had a team outing where he was there. And it was actually the first time I ever got to speak to him. And I've been there four or five months. And he walked over and he said, what's your name? And I said, my name is Dorley. He goes, well, it's interesting. You're part of my team, but I don't know your name and we haven't met. And I told him, you know, we had never had the opportunity, you know, we, and he said, no, we had plenty of opportunity. You just didn't, didn't step out of your comfort zone and make that move. And that really took me aback because, you know, this senior director person who is super busy, always in meetings was telling me that I should have been more proactive and, you know, went to his office, introduced myself. So these little steps, getting out of your comfort zone and make sure, you know, getting the most out of any experience is very valuable. And that would be probably my biggest advice to anyone leaving college. No, you're absolutely right. At each stage, you have to connect with people who can affect your your career. A supervisor, if you're in the same organization and a senior director doesn't know who you are or you haven't had an opportunity to exchange a few words, then it's not a bad idea to create the opportunity, introduce yourself to him or her, whatever the circumstance, you know, knock on his door and say, hello, I'm so-and-so, I'm on your team, I just wanted to introduce myself. But, you know, he was giving you, you're right, an invaluable lesson. He was on his way out. He didn't have to do that. That was a nugget you should hold on to. And I can tell that you've learned from that because you remember it. Absolutely. You didn't think he knew who you were or anything about you, but he knew that you hadn't moved, you hadn't taken the initiative. And it doesn't mean that you have to step up and step in. You know, there's a way to do it without appearing very aggressive. You don't ever want it to seem that you're stepping outside of the chain of command unless the company embraces you know, stepping outside the chain of command, which it usually doesn't, no matter what they say. But I think you've learned your lesson. And hopefully the fact that you've shared it with our listeners, someone else will learn from you. So so. what's your plan for the rest of this year, your short term goals? Short term goals. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what are some some avenues we can I, I can personally invest not only my time, but also, you know, assets. And I think one of the things that this lingering feeling for a lot of people in my generation is that we always feel that we're not doing enough. And a lot of that might stem from the fact that we're spending a lot of time watching TV or just a lot of downtime that at the end we feel that we could have utilized in different ways. So I'm actively taking my time and learning new skills, taking some online classes wherever I can. And I'm also, you know, looking through the market and understanding how everything works a little bit better to make informed decisions. 
So I think that's where I'm headed for the rest of the year. Hopefully I'll learn some very valuable skill and I'll be able to apply them shortly. Well, Dorley, I really appreciate taking the time to have this conversation with me and hopefully our listeners had some picked up some nuggets themselves. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? I'm always, you know, if there's anyone leaving college or, you know, looking for opportunities, I'm always willing to give some advice on, you know, either job hunting or even career advice if anyone's looking. So more than happy to, to help anyone out there. That's very generous of you. We want to stay connected. We want to be able, one of the objectives of this podcast is to share information, put information out there so people who can't afford a career coach or may not have access to an HR person can get information and make informed decisions. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. You can contact me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. I will pass on any information that you want to share with Dorley or any question that you have for Dorley. I will pass it on to him. I will be the conduit so that if anybody wants to take you up on your very generous offer, Dorley, they can do so. I really, again, appreciate you taking the time and your generosity. I love you dearly. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next Monday. Until then. Thank you so much for having me, Godmother. Love you too. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.